98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. This is the part of the show we tell you everything you need to know happening in Arizona sports, national sports as well. We call it the 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo show. And we're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals, who were not at practice today, but that doesn't mean they weren't busy. They were active with roster decisions today, trying out a bunch of running backs because they're a little thin at the position. Gambo, you were able to break some news earlier today on a running back the team is going to add to their practice squad. What do you got? Yeah, they brought in they brought in Corey Clement, former Eagles running back. He's got about five years experience in the league, and they're signing him to the practice squad. So Corey Clement to the practice squad. I don't think the team has officially announced it yet. Probably physical involved and stuff like that, but from what I'm hearing, yes, they're going to sign him to the practice squad. And of course, the Cardinals lost starter James Conner to a ribs injury, backup Darrell Williams to the knee, Jonathan Ward to a hamstring. Eno Benjamin was the only running back they had available towards the end of their loss to the Eagles on Sunday. Keontae Ingram still on the roster on the practice squad as well, but he was not active on Sunday to be able to play in the game. I would imagine that would change depending on availability. Of course, the Cardinals practice tomorrow. We'll get a better idea of who's available after tomorrow. The Cardinals also announced today they have cut both wide receiver Andre Pacellia off the active roster and offensive lineman Danny Isadora off the practice squad. Major League Baseball, day one of the divisional series, and they are underway. The first game of the day featured the Philadelphia Phillies. Got off to an early, quick 6-1 start, 7-1 start, and then had to hang on for dear life in this one. Matt Olson, a three-run homer in the bottom of the ninth, made it 7-6, to six, but the Phillies and that bullpen hung on, and they took game one, 7-6, Gambo. Yeah, Acuna reached on an infield single, Swanson single, then Riley struck out, then Olsen homers, so there's one out, and Olsen just made it a 7-6 game, but then Elfin was able to get Contreras to line out and get uh, Travis Darno to ground out and end the threat. The Phillies come away with game one, 7-6. Not a, not a great job for the, for the pitchers in that game. Neither one of them went very deep. Suarez only went three and a third for the Phillies, and Freed only went three and a third for the Braves. Yeah. Meanwhile, right now, there's one out in the bottom of the ninth. The Mariners hanging on to a two-run lead against the Astros in game one of that series. It's 7-5. Julio Rodriguez and Ty France have combined to go five for nine with four RBIs and three runs scored in this game. Justin Verlander, rocked. ten hits, six runs in four rocked. innings. He got rocked today by the Mariners. Yeah, he did. He threw 81 pitches and he was out of the game after four. He did not pitch very well. You know, Gilbert hung around for Seattle. He wasn't great. Astros rallied with the Bregman home run off of Munoz, uh, Munoz to make it 7-5. So here we are, bottom of the ninth inning, 7-5 Seattle, one out, and uh, a chance for Seattle to steal game one from the Astros. From the National Football League, real good Monday night game last night. Very entertaining. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Vegas Raiders by a score of 30-29. to Vegas was up 17-0, to 20-7 at different points during this game. But Kansas City... City came back after a very aggressive Josh McDaniels going for it on a two-point conversion to take mind the it. lead. You don't mind that? There was so much time left in the game that, I mean, what was he trying to accomplish? The Chiefs had plenty of time to still kick a field yeah. goal and take the lead. I, I, it seemed like it was unnecessary at that point. 
You just would have kicked the extra point. I, I, I mean, I, I totally get that. I mean, you kick the extra point, it's 30-30, and you live to play uh, again. I just, I just look, Travis Kelsey had four touchdowns, man. You only had like 27 yards. I know. He had four touchdowns. I mean, I, I just, I think that they felt like they, the momentum was on their side right there. They had it. And it, and and it, he went down by inches, by inches. Jacobs I know. went down I, just short of the goal line. It would have given him the lead. Maybe they win the game. I don't mind going for two. There was, it, it, but if there's a minute left, a minute and a half left, you want to go for the win, go for the win, right? But but with so much time left on the clock, even if you go up by a point in that scenario, man, you still have three and a half minutes left of game time, and and who knows what Kansas City is going to do? Because a field goal still beats you in that moment, even if you take the lead by a point. So I, I didn't quite understand it. Then after the how game, the, how about the pass play? Though Adams and Renfro run into each Running other, right after the Raiders got the ball back. What a field a field goal could have won it, and they run into each other yep. on a pattern. And it was on that, fourth down. It was that frustration on fourth down. We saw Devontae Adams slam his helmet down when he was done, and then as he was walking off the field, he pushed a photographer, a freelance guy who was working for the NFL or, or Monday Night Football during that game. Adams apologized after the game, and then on his Twitter account, that didn't stop the guy apparently from filing a police report. Apparently made arrangements for a private transportation to the hospital, which time he called the police. The injuries are thought to be, this is my favorite line, non-life-threatening. Well, <laughs> duh. Duh. The incident will be investigated, and they'll determine in a day or two whether anything's going to happen. Devontae Adams, awful. I thought, issued a, I mean, he's awful. He issued a very, I thought, sincere apology, but you, you can't go shoving guys when you're walking no. off the field like that. No, that guy said, that's just a no, stop guy trying to earn a living, support his family, and you shove him to the ground like that. You treat him like he's a piece of garbage. I was terrible with Devontae Adams. I don't know. Devontae Adams may be a great guy. He had a terrible moment right there. Okay, That was that was a terrible moment. And, um, you know, I mean, the guy filed a police report, and we'll see what happens. I would imagine the NFL, and I believe that the NFL is looking into this, and I think there's a chance that he could end up getting suspended for it. Meanwhile, the Panthers yesterday fired their head coach, Matt Rule. We, of course, had that in our 4 o'clock reset yesterday. They elevated former Cardinals head coach for a year, Steve Wilkes, to be their interim head coach. David Tepper, the owner there, says Steve Wilkes will be given every single chance in the world to earn that job on a permanent basis. And then Wilkes, with the title of interim head coach, fired two additional defensive coaches, including Phil Snow, that many fans around here are familiar with, elevated Al Holcomb to be the new Panthers D.C. Holcomb was, of course, the D.C. under Wilkes when he was the head coach in Arizona. All we're missing is Mike McCoy, and it would complete the whole picture <laughs> there in Carolina, right? <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I mean, for anybody that didn't know that Phil Snow was the defensive coordinator of Carolina up until today, all you had to do was watch the Cardinal game. I mean, that one broadcast that mentioned him like 17 times <laughs> during the Cardinals Carolina game. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I, I, I think I tweeted out, what's the over-under on how many times Phil Snow has had his name mentioned yeah. you know, here? Former ASU guy under Bruce Snyder as well, Phil Snow. Oh, yeah, no, that's what I mean. Known low Locally, to longtime ASU fans, absolutely. So we'll see if he gets a chance at getting that gig full-time there. Phoenix Suns lost last night to the Denver Nuggets in preseason game number three. That is not what everybody here, though, is talking about. In that center from Texas A&M, number six, DeAndre Ayton! DeAndre Jordan! <laughs> the 
PA announcer for the Denver Nuggets, mistakenly introducing DeAndre Jordan as DeAndre Ayton and then correcting himself at the end. Has our own Vince Murata ever, ever done that? No, I, 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 I gotta give me Vince Murata on line one stat. True professional. I got, never done that. Yeah, I gotta. I would, I, I would have changed it. Right, DeAndre Ayton. Worst nightmare, DeAndre Jordan. I would have done something like that. <laughs> Suns wrap up the preseason tomorrow against the Kings at 7 o'clock. Also, according to Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype, the Suns have waived guard Frank Johnson, who wasn't on a guaranteed contract. He was kind of thought of as a camp body. Um, and then back to Major League Baseball. I meant to mention this when we were talking about the scores earlier. I should mention the Guardians and the Yankees coming up at 4.30 Arizona time. And then tonight, when we're off the air, the Padres and the Dodgers. We'll have that game for you here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports app. Real real quick, back to the Seattle Astros game. Runner on first, one out, Jose Altuve at the plate representing the tying run for the Strohs. Okay, and Robbie Ray warming up in the pen for the Seattle Mariners to come on win. in relief. Oh, no, I don't have a problem with you that. I'm just because, the game. because a former Diamondback, I just thought yeah. I would mention that. And then, of course, the NHL season starts tonight with two games in the books, the Lightning and the Rangers, the Golden Knights and the Kings. The Coyotes do not open their season until Thursday, and they go 17 days before their home opener. They start with a big, long road trip because of their uncertain arena situation. Yeah, and, and interesting that Dylan Gunther made Made that roster. Good for him. 19-year-old kid, former first-round pick from last year, that he has made that initial roster. That's exciting for you know for the fans to get to see you know a young, yeah. talented player get an opportunity here. That that's a that, that's good news for the Yotes. And when I say uncertain, that was the wrong word. We know where they're going to play. Of course, it's just an unusual circumstance playing in that college arena, and they wanted to build themselves enough time to make sure that it was absolutely. Altuve ready to struck go. out. Oh, he did. I guess he did. Altuve struck out. Two outs. Tying run at the plate in Pena. Okay. We'll see what happens. We uh, will update you on exactly what happened when we come back here on the Burns and Yambo Show. But when we come back, that's our 4 o'clock reset. They're 2-3 and three on the year. They just extended the head coach. Is Cliff Kingsbury on some kind of a hot seat? We'll talk about it next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons, 2 till 6 on the Arizona Sports App. Of my seat with this baseball game right now. I know, right? I'm literally on the edge of my seat. Robbie Ray has been brought in by the Rays. They're up by two runs. The Astros have the winning run at the plate. It's the bottom of the ninth. They have the winning run at the plate. Two guys on, and they just brought in Robbie Ray to face Jordan Alvarez. Well, we had mentioned he had been warming up. And as you had said, hey, whatever it takes, it's October. You know, right. you just you, you bring in whatever guy. It, it's, you know, as you pointed out yesterday over the weekend, it wasn't exactly a great weekend for some former members of the Diamondbacks organization, right? Like Paul Goldschmidt didn't have a good, albeit very brief, series for the Cardinals. David Peralta hardly saw any play time at all what for the Rays before they got eliminated. Yep. It, it, I'm, I'm sure we could look at other guys and say, well, that guy did well and that guy did well. But so far, some of the high-profile former Diamondbacks have not succeeded no. in these moments that they've had so far in the postseason. This is absolutely Robbie Ray's chance. I promise you, as soon as we get resolution to what happens here, we will pass along to you what happens because the uh, at-bat is just about to commence. Do you think Cliff Kingsbury should be on a hot seat? And if not, what do you think would happen that would put Cliff Kingsbury on a hot seat? 
I think he could get there. I don't think he's there now. Come back and beat Seattle. Um, you're, you're, but lose to Seattle and struggle again in the first quarter. And I, yeah, I think he could get there. The crazy thing is, I think if Cliff Kingsbury did not sign a five year contract extension, I think it'd be a lot easier to put him on that. But because sure. we know he just signed a five year extension, it's harder to put him on it. Now, it may not justify it either way, but oh my God, All walk off three run homer. Just hit a walk off three run homer against Robbie, Robbie Ray. Ray. Oh. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Oh, Robbie. <laughs> that ball should land in Arizona sometime around 6.15 tonight. He you blew it! Hammered that pitch. What happened? You know what? Hammered you, that pitch. You go with a guy that's not a reliever. Ooh. He's not a reliever. He's a starting pitcher. That was, his, that was the first pitch. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the first pitch? It wasn't the first pitch. I think it was the oh third pitch of the at-bat. <laughs> Second oh or third. God. Second or third pitch of the at-bat. It was it, you. Oh my! Oh my God. goodness! The Astros rally. Oh my goodness! Oh, the Mariners! Just, I mean, seemingly in total control, rocking Justin Verlander's world. Julio Rodriguez, great start. Ty France, great start. The Mariners look like this. Wow! And then, nope, Jordan Alvarez. That is bye a bye. man. That's a oh. that, that's a that's a sleepless night in Seattle. <laughs> That's it. You got it? hey You got it? Yeah, I got that's it. pretty funny? I, I got it. They'll be sleepless in Seattle tonight, Bernsey. Only one of the best rom-coms of all time. Yeah, they're going to be sleepless in Seattle tonight. No doubt about it. Oh, um, you lose that game. Robbie you know, Ray. Oh, my goodness. He, he, he torpedoed that ball. He sure did. Oh, that thing That thing got out and over Arizona. in a flat second. I mean, it was just it was a two-seam fastball. looked like right down the middle of the plate. Oh, right down the bingo, middle. Bingo, bingo. Gone. See ya. Right down the middle of I the I mean, it's, it seriously must have had an exit velocity of about 300 miles an hour. I mean, he knew it, too. Just, the second he hit it, this, he didn't even have to see it go. He just, he, he as soon as he hit it, he turned oh his dugout, he threw the bat, and that was that. Wow. wow. Crazy. All right, so Astros win game one of their wow. series, the Guardians and the Yankees coming up. That was a heck of an ending right there. The reason we're having this cliff talk, let's go back to Kingsbury and this hot seat talk. Um the athletic website today, NFL head coaches on the hot seat. And the two they mentioned first were Frank Reich and Ron Rivera. Rivera, absolutely. They're one and four. They don't have a quarterback, as you pointed out. Uh, Frank Reich has taken that team to the playoffs, what, two times in the last four years? They've, yes. They've had a, a decent amount of success there, but they kind of seem like they're just spinning their wheels. But again, doesn't really have a quarterback. Lovey Smith also made the list. They're one in three. Yeah, who's that quarterback? They, their quarterback is is what's his name? Um, Davis Mills. Davis Mills. I was going to say Davis Love, but that's not it. That's a golfer. Davis Mills is their quarterback. Might as well be Davis Might Love. Might as well it's be Davis be the Love. Same result. Exactly. You're going to get yeah. the same thing. Um, and then they included Cliff Kingsbury on the list, and, and Cliff Kingsbury. And I, I just, I don't think he's there now. I don't. Think two and three is enough to put him there now. I think he could. To your point, I think he could be on this list. He could get there if they finish five and twelve, six and eleven. If they have just a, an awful season, where like, like let's say they get DeAndre Hopkins back for the Saints game, and it doesn't make any difference. They they still get off to these slow starts. They still losing at home. They're still not a very good football team. They just kind of muddle along. If they start pacing towards a five-win, six-win football season. Yeah, I could absolutely see Cliff Kingsbury being on the hot seat. Extension or no extension. 
I I look at what the Cardinals what they did in the past with Steve Wilkes is proof positive. If they they want to get rid of a guy, I, I think they'll get rid of a guy even if he right. just signed it. It'd be a bad look. There's no denying it'd be a bad look to give a guy a five year extension, fire him one year into that extension. Nobody would look good with something like that. But I wouldn't put it past them to do it. I think there's a I think there's a way you get there. You lose to Seattle, and then the then then you go then you lose to New Orleans, and now you're what you're two in five, yes, two in five going into a game at Minnesota. Lose that one, you're two in six. At that point, you know you're a few weeks away from the bye because they got the late bye. But at that point, do you try to salvage the season and just go to Vance? I mean, you could. I mean, you could. So there is a way I could see that he could. I don't think it happens. But, like, I could. I, I think there's a path to get there. But it would take a collapse. It, it would take losing to a bad Seattle team, losing at home again to New Orleans, um, losing that game to Minnesota and just being out of it. And, 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 and okay, can we salvage the season by making a coaching change? Yeah. As me and you have said time and time again, this is just Michael money, man. This is just Michael's money. I mean, you're just throwing it away. Um, but it, it, I don't think it's going to happen because I, I, I think they're a good enough team not to lose all those games that we just mentioned. Yeah. So I don't expect it to happen, but I think you could get there. And I think something else, I think I th- as, as, Bad as the Cardinals have played in moments, honestly, for most of the moments of this season, I don't think it's fair to put Cliff on this list just yet. Only because I think most reasonable football fans, if we had sat down with the schedule at the beginning of the season, most of us probably would have had two and three as the record. Now, how they've gotten there hasn't been fun, right? I mean, how the, yeah. how they've achieved that two and three. I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke and say, hey, everything's fine, they're two and three, they'll be okay. Because they, they, they haven't played well. They've played 20 quarters of football plus one overtime, and they've had the lead for a quarter and a half. And that came against the Carolina Panthers, who just fired their head coach yesterday. So it, it's been bad, but let's I, – I just – before you put them on a list like this – so far, the season, record-wise, has played to expectations. They get DeAndre Hopkins back after one more game. If they beat Seattle this week up in the Pacific Northwest, they'll be 3-3, three and three, right? They, they get their guy back. Before I start putting anybody in any kind of a hot seat, i got to see how they do with D-Hop, because I, I suspect that could make a really big difference when he comes back. You know, and, and It better? It, if it doesn't, I mean, if it's, if it's this same old stuff with no D-Hop, then put him on all the hot seats you want. I mean, let's let's. Have the conversation every week if that's going to make everybody happy because it you're right it better get better if D Hop comes back when he Listen, comes they're back. The only team on that list without a with you know, that doesn't have a young proven quarterback. You know the the closest you have is an old Matt Ryan with the Colts, but the Colts have, the Colts end up having an old quarterback every single year. Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. That that's just what they do. They go in year by year with their quarterbacks ever since Andrew Luck retired. But those other teams all have you know young unproven quarterbacks. That's why you look, look at Rivera. Like you got no quarterback there. You look at these t- Lovey Smith, no quarterback. Here you got a quarterback. You just paid him two hundred and fifty million dollars. Like, yeah. so he's the only coach that's listed on the hot seat with a with a franchise type quarterback that got paid. And maybe that's in part the reason why he's on that list is he's got the quarterback, and yet he hasn't 
done anything with him yet so far this year, right? I, I mean, it's he's Kyler's just been okay so far this year. He's had moments, but he's just been okay. And maybe the expectation for an offensive-minded coach with a quarterback that you just gave a quarter of a billion dollars to is more than this. You know, is more than getting yeah. outscored thirty-eight to nothing in the first quarter of all these games, and is more than an offense that that is clearly you, losing you games and not winning you games. I mean, you want to use that as a reason to put him on the hot seat? Oh, th- that I can see because it should be better offensively than what has been so far. Yep. So I got to tell you this just so you get a laugh. So I just got a text from my wife. Yeah. She goes, did someone just quickly Venmo Robbie Ray to put that down the middle? I'm shocked. <laughs> Why? <laughs> this is from my wife. Uh, you know. Did someone just quickly Venmo Robbie Ray to put that down the middle? I'm shocked. Why? It was served up on a plate for Alvarez. Astros win game one of that best of five series. Oh, we come back on the Burns and Gambo show. Last year, we were counting down the days to see if DeAndre Ayton was going to sign his rookie extension. Well, here we go again. Next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. ESPN Stats and Info's Twitter account. Just pointed out that was the second walk-off home run in postseason history by a team that was down to its final out. Oh, man. The other was Kirk Gibson off of Dennis Eckersley in Game 1 of the 88 World Series. Wow. That's how how freaking crazy that was with Jordan Alvarez hitting that walk-off home run off of Robbie Ray in Game 1 of the Divisional Series. Now, obviously, stakes are higher in Game 1 of World Series than they are in Game 1 of a Divisional Series, but still, stuff like that. 116.7 miles per hour off the bat. Oh, it was a bazooka. (laughs) It was a bazooka. I'm telling you, it, it was it hit the Stands in about 1.3 seconds and it was oh gone. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, great moment. I'm glad. I'm kind of glad we were on the air when it happened because we got a good raw reaction to it. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question today. Kind of a controversial one today. It's pretty split Ooh. down the middle. Let's find out what's going on with it with Mitch. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. You have the floor, Mitch. What do you got? I will take that floor. It is a very straightforward question for those that are hearing it for the first time. Have the Phoenix Suns peaked? Yes or no? Damn, Mitch. Actually, what am I doing? I don't want to think about it. (laughs) Sorry. I remember the years of 21 basketball games and top five picks. We ask the tough questions here on the Burns and Gambo show. We're asking peak. It's, It's listen, it's possible. It's possible that the the P. I mean, because they they went to the NBA Finals. Yeah. So the only thing that I can mean, do, it's possible that over the next five years they don't get back there. It's I, possible. I, I I mean, look the the only thing the only thing left for them to do is win it. They've been to the finals and lost. They set a franchise record for wins in a season. They were the best team in the NBA last year all year long. There, there's nothing left but for them to win it. So do I think the roster as it's currently constructed is going to win an NBA championship this year? No, I do not. So I reserve the right to change my opinion if they go out and do something that changes how I feel about the roster. But for right now, yeah, I think I think they've peaked. We were running about 55-45, yes, they've peaked. Are we still there? We've picked up some extra 100 votes in the past couple of hours. It's almost there, but it's starting to teeter more towards yes. 58% now say yes, the Suns have peaked, leaving just 41, 41.9%. Actually, it just flipped. 
about 58% and about 42%. Okay, so 58-42 is what it's running right now. You can vote for that on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. And we'll explain at Burns and Gambo one word uh, is where you can find it. The, the reason we're asking the question there, John Hollinger for The Athletic wrote a preview piece about the Suns today. And he asked the question in his piece, have they, have they peaked? And that kind of inspired that poll question that I imagine a lot of Suns fans, Gambo, are like you. They just don't want to hear about it. Speaking of the Suns, um, we are nearing rapidly. Today is the 11th, the 17th, six days away, is the deadline for organizations to agree to contract extensions with their rookies who are eligible for such a thing. Last year, the deadline was on the 18th. The Suns took it right to deadline day with their two such guys who were eligible for that, and DeAndre Eaton and Mikel Bridges, and of course we know what happened. Eaton didn't get one, Bridges did. Today, this year, it's Cameron Johnson. Will he get one on October 17th? The deadline is rapidly approaching. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. I mean, he's a key part of, of what they want to do. The question the question really becomes the, the the finances and who's running the organization now as they're in limbo and are about to be sold. And can you okay a contract extension? And the other thing is just what is his value? What is he worth? Like, is he worth more than what Mikael Bridges signed for? Because the times have changed, the money's going up, and he's going to be a starter now. Is he worth around what Mikael got? I mean, the value is, is I think the value somewhere, I would put the value somewhere around $18, $19 million a year. I think that's fair. I've seen some numbers that, that, that are very close to that. That's what I would think it would be. And I would imagine if you present that to him, you present that offer to him, I would imagine he's going to, I would imagine that he would take that offer. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would think, I would think if you came to him with 18 or 19 million dollars a year, he probably says yes to something like that. The, the question that you asked is, it's a loaded one. It's an interesting one. No, he's not worth the Mikel Bridges. He's not worth more than Mikel Bridges. Mikel is a better player. He's a better well-rounded player. He means more to what the Suns do. He, he probably deserves it more. But I think in a circumstance like this, and it's not specific just to Cam Johnson or Mikel Bridges, it's just kind of the nature of the beast of professional sports. Man, you look around at other guys who got contracts similar you know, to what Cam Johnson might get, they're all getting more than what Mikel Bridges got a year ago. I mean, that's just the nature of sports. The price just goes up, right? Every year, it just gets more and more expensive. There's more money being pumped into the game. The salary cap a couple of years from now is expected to explode and go way up. So even if you sign him to $20 million a year or more, that contract might look like a steal a couple of years from now, depending on how things go. I still think Mikel Bridges is a better player than Cam Johnson, but... Every single year, as contract values just get higher and higher, is Cam Johnson probably worth more? Yeah, he probably is, because that's just the nature of rising prices when it comes to the league and players who play in it. The problem is the luxury tax, because as we know, the luxury tax, and if you don't know, I'll explain it to you. The more you spend, the higher the tax gets. It may be a dollar for dollar, and then it's a dollar fifty per dollar, and then it's two dollars per dollar uh, per dollar, and then it's two fifty per dollar, and it changes as you spend more money. So you may sign a player for ten million, and it ends up costing you thirty million, and that's the problem that the Suns are going to run into. They're going to be a luxury tax payer this season. Booker, Paul. 
DeAndre, Mikhail. Now you could sign Cam, you know, knowing you know that you might you know you might be and you might be a repeat taxpayer, which is a bit, you know that's that becomes a different burden. But you may sign him with the re- realizations that Chris Paul is going to come off the books. Okay, and and he now he's under full contract this year, partial next year. But after next year, you would imagine Chris is off the books. But then you may not be able to replace Chris with a Shea Gilgis Alexander. You might have to replace Chris with somebody, you know, that's that's a much lesser point guard on a much lesser salary, depending on who the owner is too, right? If Jeff Bezos comes in and owns the sure. team, you might say, I don't care about a luxury tax. So I think there's just a lot to depend on. I mean, if Robert Sarver had stayed the owner, then, you know, that luxury tax, you know, that that's probably a lot more of an issue at some point than it is for somebody else. It, it's such it's it's a great point. And it, it, we just don't know the answer to the question. And I, I think what you said a couple of minutes ago needs to be pointed out. We, we don't know. OK, we know who the owner of the Phoenix Suns is right now. It's Robert Sarver, but he's not allowed to make these decisions. So now it goes down to Sam Garvin and, and Sam Garvin is operating as the owner. Does he have the authority to authorize $100 million contract to Cam Johnson? I don't know. I don't, I, you know, because I would think such a thing would have to be decided with the owner who's coming in, but we don't know who that person is. And, and kind of in that, that moment of everything being frozen, it's like a, it's almost like a house being an escrow. You know, you're just kind of waiting for everything to clear up so you can start making decisions again. It sort of feels like that's where the suns are with Cam Cam Johnson and I, and I think the luxury tax is a big issue. I think the the ownership and the uncertainty of who can actually make that decision is a big issue. And then getting back to the contracts, I was looking through my notes for the story that Dave King wrote about in Bright Side of the Sun. You take a look around guys who you know at SportsIllustrated.com, their top one hundred list of players in the NBA right now. R.J. Barrett, number eighty nine overall, just signed a four year one hundred seven million dollar extension. Terry. Rozier ranked at number 76 overall, four years, $96 million. Cam Johnson was number 79 overall. So some guys in his kind of area in terms of what their value is to their teams, they're all getting 20, 25, maybe even more million dollars per year. And if that's the price of doing business, you got to do business if you're the Phoenix Suns, as much as you might not want to give them that much yeah. money, because it's you might have to. That's just the cost, you know. You you would think. Now you got to remember. I mean, I brought this up, uh, you know, in in our, our our meetings earlier. Like there was a point where they they paid Steve Nash, and they paid Amari, and they paid. Um, they went out. and They got Quinton Richardson, and they they didn't pay Joe Johnson because I like, couldn't pay everybody. Right. So Joe Johnson left because they wouldn't pay Joe Johnson the money Joe Johnson wanted. Like, you you could, you know, is Cam Johnson the next Joe Johnson? I mean, James drafted him. He's been all that in a bag of chips. But you're up against a luxury tax. Repeater is like if you're three times in a row, you're, you know, you're paying that tax. You're, you're considered a repeater. And, and there's, you know, again, it's, I don't know the exact terms of everything, but more penalties for that. And the more you spend, yeah. you know, they're probably about a 30 to $40 million taxpayer right now. They're nowhere near what, like, say, Golden State or the Clippers are, but they're a taxpayer. And if they sign Cam, you know what they're going to be next year? A taxpayer. Yeah, big time. And you're going to end up being a three-year taxpayer. When we come back, is the first guy out in the NFL the first guy in when it comes to college football? That's coming up. Burns and Gambo. 
Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. An absolute slew of stories overnight about Matt Rule fired as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers yesterday. Of course, former Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes promoted to the interim head coaching position there. And the owner has already said he'll have every chance in the world to earn that job full time. But it's not a conversation about Steve Wilkes that interests us right now. It's about Matt Rule and the options he has in front of him now as a former college coach who's had a ton of success at Baylor, had a ton of success at Temple, was able to parlay that into a $63 million contract of which he still owed $40 million to Sidere. Yeah, right? I mean, he he can be the choosiest when it comes to a job that he takes. I mean, he can... Well, like, he could just go buy a villa on Lake Como and be done with this coaching stuff. Or he could just be done done with the coaching stuff. He could. He could just say, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm done. I'm finished. I'm good. I'm just robbed them out of 63 million bucks. I'm good. Chances are he's a super competitive guy who feels like that he's got something to prove, and I'm guessing he'll be back. Go play bocce or something. (laughs) Go figure out something. Go play the hand... Go join a handball league, a racquetball league. Go be competitive there. You might want to retire, Gambo, but that doesn't mean Matt Rule is ready to retire. He, he's he's a, he's a little bit younger than you are, so he might still feel like he's got some stuff to accomplish. Don't go put him in your shoes just yet. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. So you the question th- really becomes on, on you know, where's he going to go? Right. I mean, there's a lot of speculation right now. There's a lot of jobs. Could he take the Wisconsin job? Could he take the Nebraska job? Could he, could he go to Georgia Tech? Um, where is he going to end up? Yeah, I think ASU was mentioned in one athletic story once. Once. Right? Yep. Once time there was a brief mention of hey ASU's you know maybe ASU but other than that there's you know you're not seeing much now it this just happened but this is the great thing about moving on from Herm Edwards now is that you you know you can be in on all of these things you don't you know you don't have a sitting coach that you have to go behind somebody's back you can go actively start talking to agents start talking to coach Matt listen there's no reason that you can't go talk to Matt Rule right now he doesn't have a job no. he's unemployed you can go speak to him right now sure no you absolutely can no the, you're right the only mention Arizona State got there were two different articles that I saw speculating on where Matt Rule might go and and, and you mentioned most of the big ones Nebraska Wisconsin Georgia Tech. Those seem to be the ones. And then, of course, others that might become available. If Auburn becomes available, would he want to go there? Of Arizona State, the only thing that was written was this, quote, Arizona State has been called a sleeping giant more than any program's fans should ever have to hear. And if anyone is good at maximizing resources, it's rule. But that has been another dysfunctional operation from the top down with A.D. Ray Anderson openly saying he doesn't know how involved he will be in making the Sun Devils next hire. And that's it. That that's that's it. That's all they say about ASU and their chances. The one that everybody the, the the one that at least the articles I've read so far, man, they spend a lot of time talking about Georgia Tech. They, they it's in a it's in a city where there's a lot of there's a lot of high school talent in Atlanta. There's it's a good part of the country. It's it's he would have almost carte blanche to rebuild it however he wants to, similar to a Baylor or a Temple kind of situation. And there wouldn't be a ton of pressure on him from the get go, unlike Nebraska or Wisconsin or Auburn if he went there. So I'm seeing a lot of Georgia Tech suggestions. I guess the the question that we need to talk about for a few minutes is, you know, is ASU an appealing enough job to appeal to a Matt Rule type, or does ASU need to set their sights a little lower on this one? Listen, I go all in 
but I don't think it's as an attractive job as those other jobs. Now, listen, I, I don't think Nebraska is the great job either. I mean, from the time that they fired Solich, and that was a da- disaster. They decided to fire Solich, and they went after like five different coaches, didn't get any of them, and then kind of like backed themselves in and got Callahan. And, and then Nebraska's kind of been a joke ever since they got rid of Solich. And they probably never should have, but they didn't hire Bo Pelini, and then they went after Sherman, and they, they went after a whole bunch of guys that they never got, Nebraska. I mean, AD decided to fire Solich, had his eyes set on on a couple of, and didn't get him. Didn't get the guys that he wanted, and um, so that was really bad. I, I don't know that that's a great judge. Georgia Tech. I mean, when is it? When's the last time anybody thought about Georgia Tech football? Wisconsin's probably the biggest name, like as far as success, win games, go to bowl games, put guys in the NFL, great fan base. Um, I think Arizona State's going to be. You you would have to look at ASU and feel like. You know, and I'm not going to use the, the sleeping giant I term, hate, but you'd have hate, to look at ASU. You hate it feel, as much as I hate it. I hate the sleeping giant phrase. Yeah, Absolutely. you would have to look at them and feel like that, like you could build something special here. And these guys are all ego-driven, and you may feel like, okay, but I think the uncertainty with where are they going to be, what conference yes. are they going to be in, yeah. UCLA and USC is leaving, the investigation isn't over yet. I, I still think that... That would be tough for a, for a Matt Rule to take Arizona State over maybe five other potential jobs. No, I I, I think you're I think you're right, and and I I just think ASU is you know it's it's fine it's it's as as it relates to other jobs around the country that they'll they'll pay competitively they'll pay you a, a, a decent salary to go there and coach Herm Edwards made four or five million dollars he he was doing fine they'll but but the it, it's not. You know, it doesn't have the passion of the fan base of a Nebraska or a Wisconsin. I don't know if it's got the internal commitment. I mean, yeah, in terms of the head coaching salaries, but is winning at football truly the end-all, be-all for ASU the way it is at Nebraska, the way it is at Wisconsin? I can't speak to Georgia Tech. I know they've had pockets of success over the last 20, 30 years, but, but it, it seems to me that... I think ASU, it's a, it doesn't hurt to ask, and maybe he'd be interested in rebuilding a program like ASU. I just think the ceiling at a Nebraska, the ceiling at a Wisconsin is way higher than it is at ASU. Way high. You can consistently keep those programs at a higher level than you can here. It's just been done before at those places, and it's never been done consistently here since the 70s. And I, so I think because of that, some of the real top candidates are just not going to be actual candidates for ASU. Yeah, you've got those built-in fan bases in those other places. You go to Wisconsin, you go to Nebraska, you've got the built-in fan bases, right? Yeah. People showing up, they're crazy about football, maybe more pressure on you. You would have to see something in ASU that me and you right now, we just can't see. Maybe it's there, but you would have to be a coach, and you'd have to see something in the ASU program that – Everybody listening right now says, "I just don't know what that could be." Like you'd have a heart. Like what? What? What is it that would make you? If you've really got a lot of choices, what would? Because that would be a great hire, right? With the success that he had, Temple Baylor, being an NFL guy, he's only forty-seven years old, coming back to college. Like that would be that would be a big time hire. You'd have to pay him. I think you'd have to pay him more than the, the four. Even oh, though he yeah. got sixty three million, I think you'd have to pay him more than the four million you were paying Herm. Yeah, no doubt. No, you'd have to pay him top 
top, top money to get him here. And I, and I just don't know if ASU's going to do that. Arizona goes primetime next week. Phoenix Suns tip off the NBA season against the Mavs. Then the very next night, the Cardinals take on the Saints for Thursday Night Football for a national TV audience. And we're giving you the chance to go see both in person. Text the word primetime to 620-620. Listen for your name starting next Monday for your chance to win two tickets to both games. Plus one lucky winner each day will also get their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or a DeAndre Hopkins jersey again text prime time to 620 620 vibe check time for the phoenix suns how is the vibe around the suns organization we'll talk about that next burns and gambo